Warning, ProTri News is a podcast with different opinions, knowledge and possibly fake news about triathlon racing. This is not for the faint of heart. If you get offended or hurt by what is said, please stop listening and go listen to some uplifting meditation music or just go work out, then try again. Hello, welcome back to another episode of ProTri News. I'm your host, Kyle Glass. I'm joined today by uh, first Paula Finley. Uh, Paula, how's it going? I'm good. It's fun to be on the flip side and on Pro Tri News podcast. <laughs> this is like another collab episode. So yeah, thanks for inviting me. I'm it's excited. fun to be here. Um, and the reason why we're doing this podcast together is we're going to be interviewing Gwen Jorgensen as she has just announced her comeback to triathlon. So Gwen, how's it going? Yeah, good. And I'm uh, happy to have Paula on. You know, I have a really vivid memory of you and I racing, Paula. Well, first, when I first started racing, you were like the person to beat. Um, you were dominant. And then, but my most vivid memory, I think, Kyle, you should go into the archives and get a picture of this, but it was the London Olympics. You and I, Paula, we were riding together. I feel like we were in a pack of like three in just the middle of nowhere. And it was, you know, kind of miserable because we were way back. But yeah, um, yeah. I remember feeling like, oh, at least I'm with like a really good rider, like <laughs> the best people in the world. Like I felt really confident because you were in our group. So yeah. Uh, well, thanks Gwen. That means a lot from you. I think your height in the sport really came when I was having a really tough time, like the 2013, 14, 15 era. So I looked up to you through those years and uh, yeah, we've kind of come full circle. We're both uh, still in the sport, which is really cool. And having you yeah. come back is I get, I think we'll be a shock to a lot of people, honestly. <laughs> well, I have said I'm never going to come back. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, hopefully all the people that told me to come back though, will keep their enthusiasm and uh, support me. Cause it's, it's not going to be easy. Totally. I think, I think they will. I think um, watching you go through the transition to running and people still believing all through that time, like why, why doesn't she come back? She's such an amazing athlete. You kind of left the sport at your peak, you won the Olympic gold medal and then switched sports right away. So it would have been cool, like at that time to see what your, your potential was for another quadrennial, like a four year cycle and to come back now makes it even more exciting. So yeah, Kyle, we got some, some good questions for you though. So <laughs> we, can hit it, we can hit it off. Like when did this kind of come back, this idea come back to triathlon? When did that start? Well, no surprise. It came from Patrick. Um, and <laughs> he, he knew though, that the one thing that I really, really wanted to do that I felt I got, that I missed out on was the mixed team relay. And so while I was pregnant, he was like, Gwen, what if you come back to triathlon and only do the mixed team relay? So I kind of like started really soft and I was like, Oh, I'd love to do that, but that's just not possible. Cause you have to you know, if you're, if you're team USA and you have three women, the, in the individual, the two on the relay have to come from those individuals. And so it started off and I was like, okay, I'll do it, but only if I can do the relay. And then we started doing more research and I started to swim and bike a little bit more when I was pregnant. And I found that I was actually enjoying the swim and the bike and just kind of snowballed from there. Do you think a little bit of that enjoyment comes from the fact that you're kind of settled in one spot now and life is less hectic, right? You're not on the road. You're not traveling the circuit yet. And at least I find how, when I'm at home, I have a little bit more of a routine and a schedule and it, it makes it cool to have a home base now that you're set up in Boulder. It really does. And that's where Pat and I differ a lot too. Like he would love to be on training camps 
nine, 12 months of the year. Um, and for yeah. me, I love being home and I, you know, I think I'm in Boulder, which is like, it's a, such a triathlete town. I always said I would never move here because it's so triathlon based and now I'm going to do triathlon in Boulder. But for me, it really <laughs> is like a great place to train and Stanley's settled. He's super happy. We have George. Um, it's going to be really hard with kids and, um, not exactly sure how it's going to pan out, but I'm super excited. And I do think that is part of it, Paula, just having that comfort of having a home and a home base and, um, yeah, feeling confident in that. Yeah. Do you think the fact that that home la- home base is Boulder is what spurred this decision? If you'd stayed in Portland or moved somewhere else, do you think you would have made the same choice? Or I guess it's hard to say exactly. Yeah, that's really hard to say. You know, Portland, we would have never really stayed there. I think um, it just wasn't as outdoorsy as we would have liked. Um, so we kind of knew that wasn't going to be a permanent home base. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, I think anywhere we would have made I probably would have made the same decision because even now I'm like, I don't really, yeah. Being in Boulder, like, I don't really want to like go to the same places as all the triathletes. Like I kind of just want to do my own thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. I think sometimes. (laughs) What would you say would be like the differential between training, like the run versus coming back to triathlon, like training with Bowerman versus when you're with the Wollongong wizards, like, what's the game plan as far as now are you going to build a squad in boulder or yeah it's going to be completely different well like wollongong wizards versus bowerman track club versus what i'm doing now they're all three so different in in triathlon you know back in the day when i was doing it it was uh you know i was training with my competitors and we were traveling around the world i was never home and you know, it was structured training where we'd meet as a group in every session. And then with the Bowerman Track Club, it was similar in the sense that uh, we would meet for sessions. The The Bowerman Track Club, it was a lot more um, not as individualized. So like in when I was training with Jamie, he would often create um, specific workouts and we'd all meet together as a group, but we'd all have our own workouts. And with Bowerman, it was kind of just like everyone did the same workout. And, you know, now coming back, it's going to be very individual based for me. And yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find some swim partners that want to swim in Louisville, Colorado. So if anybody is good <laughs> at swimming and they want to join me, um, yeah. let me know. But yeah, on the bike, I'm working with Mike, who's like this really good skills. Um, well, he went to the tour de France and like, he's been working on skills with me and then he'll go for some rides with me. And I have some other, I really want Pat to get back in the saddle as well. Um, and train with him. And then the run, I kind of want to do the run on my own. I, I did a lot of my running solo back when I was training for triathlon six, eight years ago. And, you know, I think when I was training with the Bowerman track club, one of my biggest faults was that I would go too hard too often. And so I think it's really important for me to be able to have that space to be able to listen to my body and and go at the speed I need to go. Totally. Yeah. I think it sounds a little bit like the approach that long distance triathletes take. Um, <laughs> ITU is very much a squad based endeavor, which right. I've experienced as well, like back in 2010, but transitioning to long course. Now I do most of my training solo or with Eric, a few training partners in the pool. Is this pursuit back to triathlon solely based on ITU? You have no interest in the PTO series or long course. I'm sure this is a question a lot of people have, but as everyone knows, the training is totally different. But with your kind of like lone wolf mentality now, is that something that ever is going to be a possibility? 
Oh man, I shouldn't say it's never going to be because look at me right. now in <laughs> my words with triathlon, but yeah. I, it's something that still doesn't really interest me. I think the training is, um, it's completely different. You know, ITU, it's much faster and like, especially the relay, which is what I want to focus on is like so fast paced. So just, um, quick and short and fast bursts. And that's something that really, um, excites me. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm getting older. Um, I'm yeah. 36 years old, but that's the sort of training and racing that really is exciting to me. I think, you know, that longer distance triathlon takes a complete different mindset as well. And I have not trained that in the least. And I think that's, that's a more difficult mindset for me. And as well, I haven't really gotten comfortable on the TT bike. So, um, yeah, those are reasons I don't really want to go that route and, um, why I want to stick with the the shorter as well. I think the, the Olympics is really motivating as well for me. I, yeah. um, like I remember when Paris was announced and I was like, Oh, maybe in Paris I'll come back. So there was like this one thought of coming back. And, um, maybe that's another reason why Pat thought he could, uh, get me to come back a little bit earlier. Yeah. Plant the seed. That's cool. Yep. Um, sorry, I had a question lined up, but Kyle, do you All have right, any yeah. questions? Yeah. I have a lot. <laughs> you have, I have a so many. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I'm like a super fan. I've been like, a part of the Gwen Jorgensen train since like 2014. So no, I'm you like, came with it. that's another picture you can find is you holding my head. Yeah. Which normally I get intimidated by fans who are like over the top, but you and yeah. Talbot did not intimidate me for some reason. <laughs> oh, it's so like, much fun. Nice. Talbot like got me in the sport in 2012. So I was just like coming into the sport during like both your guys's like kind of like rise to fame. And so, um, it's like really cool to like full circle to be on an interview with you guys. So now we're friends with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. Um, my question is like, did you miss triathlon even though you're in Portland and stuff and running and like, obviously your joy is running, but did you miss triathlon whenever you were like kind of in the thick of it in the thick of like half marathon, marathon training, getting ready for the trials, all that stuff. You know, the marathon definitely broke my heart quite a few times. Um, not only the race, but the, the training for it, but I never during that time missed triathlon. I actually, when the Olympics were postponed a year, I remember telling Pat, thank goodness I'm not doing triathlon. Like there's no way I could have made it five years. Like, you know, I was like, maybe I could have made it four, but there's no way I could have done five more years. And so, yeah, no, that was never something that I never felt like I missed out or anything during that last quad. Um, who is your, you mentioned, uh, Mike as a swim, as a biking coach, is there someone yep. kind of like overseeing the whole program? Is it Bobby or who's, who's going to lead the charge on this? And do you have the backing of USA triathlon? Are they full and fully in support? I know a lot of the federation side of triathlon. And part of the reason I left ITU is how dependent you become on the federation. Are they supportive of this or no? Um, USA triathlon will be supportive if I perform. And I think that's right. fair. So I was like that. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just have to go out and perform easy. Uh, yeah. not really, but yeah, you know, that that's where that is. And so Bobby will still be involved. Um, Bobby worked with me in triathlon as well. My, who will be like orchestrating this whole thing will be my old coach, Jamie Turner. And I think oh, wow. it's no secret that Jamie, um, was fired, got let go, had some, problems, um, a few years ago. And I actually hadn't talked to Jamie for six years. Pat had been in really good contact with him, but Jamie's done a lot of personal growth. We've had really long conversations about how I can help him, um, and how he as well can help me not only be the best triathlete, but a better person. And it's been 
it's been really neat to see him. I feel like he's a completely different person. Um, he's super appreciative um, and calm and patient. And it's something that um, I'm really excited about working with him because he knows me. You know, I'm on a super tight timeline. I interviewed a lot of different coaches, honestly. And a big reason uh, Jamie stuck out was he knows me and we're on this really tight, tight timeline. Yeah. And, yeah. and so for him to have that experience along with the personal growth he's made, I'm, I'm excited to um, yeah, be on this journey with him. Yeah. Have you ever been coached remotely or have you always worked with a coach in person? I know in Portland with um, Bowerman, you were with your coach yep. every day. Is that going to be something that you're okay with or new to, or yeah, what's your, yeah, it's going to be hard. So I had, um, a virtual coach that just did stuff through training peaks in 2011, 2012, Cindy Banning. Um, Mm -hmm. so she got me to my first Olympics and, you know, Jamie has actually already flown out here to Boulder to be here and he's coming out again, um, in like a month. So I will be seeing him and that would, that is something that I actually talked to my mental skills coach, I'll call it, or psychologist. Like I was like, I don't, Jane, when Jamie was here for that week, I was like, man, I forgot how much I actually learn in each session. Cause he's yeah. questioning me with things, you know, like, okay, you need to stay present or, you know, um, you know, posing questions that make me think. And I was like, man, I'm really learning and growing a lot with having this direct feedback right here. And I was like, how are we going to do this when you're not here. And so that is something, um, you know, we're investing in having him come out as need be. And, um, yeah, hopefully that'll, that'll work out. Yeah. I think, you know, your body so well and having like a key team of people on the ground, but whether it's Pat or Bobby or people that have eyes on you really keeps you accountable. And obviously you're motivated, so there's no problem there, but it is a change for sure, which I also experienced going through, through my career. Yeah. And um, I also have Alan, Alan Lim here. Who's awesome. Oh, um, yeah. He can do like motor pacing and yeah. So totally. I feel like I have a really good setup here. Yeah. There's nowhere better than Boulder for having a good crew <laughs> of, of support. Right. Yeah. Um, what is, what is your team think about how the sport has changed in the last six years? Obviously we've seen it get very fast. Flora's bike has kind of revolutionized the sport. It's truly a different sport than it was in 2012 and even in 20, um, 16 when you won your world. So do you think that as an older athlete now, you're going to be able to jump back in and find that speed that's required in the relay? Cause that's even shorter than a sprint distance, right? Like a very, very different event than you were focused on even in running. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's a very short event, but I do think, you know, the run is proportionately longer than, um, the swim and bike in like an Olympic distance. So I think I have that going for me. And I do think, you know, as well, um, yeah, I, I, I'm really excited about the shorter swim, the shorter bike, like almost like you don't, you have to be able to like TT a seven K, you know, and that yeah. sort of training and that mentality excites me. And so we don't know, uh, the reality yeah. is like what, what I will be like until I'm out there and I prove I can do it. So, um, yeah, yeah it has changed dramatically. I think Flora was you know, I'd say like she was just coming into like her really good form um, when I left the sport. And I think she had a below average performance at the 2016 games. Um, mm-hmm. And since then, I think she's just been almost flawless. And yeah, her swim, you know, she's leading out in the swim now too. So yeah. um, she has that. And then, you know, that her bike is killer as well. So yeah, that's... um yeah, I think the sport, it's constantly changing. I think there, 
I think every two to three years, it kind of changes if it's, you know, swim dominant, bike dominant, run dominant. And it seems right now that it's swim, bike, run, all of it dominant. So totally. That was something back in my career. I, I used to be self-conscious about thinking like people always said, oh, she's only a runner. And I feel like I proved that I could swim and bike and um, I want to get back to that place. Totally. Yeah. I think uh, the sport, I mean, technically wise on the bike as well, just being able to hang in the pack. And I think your skill development from when you started the sport to the 2016 Olympics, you were able to ride in that really fast pack with a hard hill every lap and run well off the bike. So obviously it's a full package. And I think I believe you still have all of that. (laughs) I got to get it back. (laughs) The skills come back. It requires, you know, some diligence and working on it, but it, they can come back. I think. Yes. That's what I hope too. (laughs) What about some sponsor changes? Are you going back to all your same sponsors? Is there going to be big changes there? I think there will be some, some big changes there. And, you know, I might actually take this first year and, um, back myself in the sense that I might not sign with certain sponsors because I want to wait until um, we see how I'm performing. So yeah, I'm trying not to think about that too much. Um, I, as Patrick always says, you have to um, invest in yourself to see payoff. So um, Mm -hmm. yeah, we're just going to invest in it and see what pans out. Do you still have some of the sponsors for like 2XU? Are they still supporting you? Um, I know you've had sponsors that have kind of carried through from your running and are they in support of this transition as well? Yes. Um, So like Inside Tracker, um, uh, who else? Zwift. um, Yeah, we have a couple and like two times you. um, Yeah. So there's quite a few that want to stick with. There's some that um, have their hands tied with money who said they want to like possibly talk about 2024. Right. So right. yeah, for me, I'm, yeah, it's a, it's an area I think, that I'm, I'm trying not to think about too much. Cause you know, I think not, it's I'm, good. Yeah. I'm a not, good, I'm a not, good approach. Yeah. And I'm not like coming back to the sport for the money either. Um, and I think that's important. I remember back in 2016, when I was talking with Jamie and Pat about possibly staying or switching to running, they're like, well, you could have a new motivation. Like it could be about the money. And for me, I've never been motivated by the money. So, um, yeah, it's all about something that is a challenge for me, something that's new and and something that will get me up and motivated. Totally. I think being motivated, like sponsors also bring pressure, right? And having that completely offloaded, I think could bring out the best in your performance and in your training every day. And obviously Pat can help on the back end with a lot of the negotiations and everything, but inherently it has some stress that comes with it. Like having to represent people and live up to things when you're not even sure yourself what it's going to look like. So I think that's the right approach for sure. I didn't um, even want to do any announcement. Um, Pat has convinced me to yeah. do an announcement, but I was like, I just want to show up on the start line. And Pat's like, people are going to see 34 days out that your name's on a start line. <laughs> right. I'm like, oh, you're right. It's kind of nice to fly under the radar, but I think in a way you can still do that. Like you're not, uh, yeah. you don't have a huge target on your back. Like you may have in 2015, 16, no. when you were winning everything. And 
you could get to that point again. You probably will. But I think coming back with a low pressure approach is maybe the best way and the best way to get everything out of yourself. Did you like kind of watching from the side, there's gravel that's exploding. There's ultra running all these new sports that are becoming so, so big. Has that ever enticed you to go more that direction? Or this is like fully back into the Olympic pipeline, which comes with its own stress and everything. But I guess the relay, is that a different enough thing to make it? exciting for you. This whole reason that I think it's really motivating me is because it's about more than myself. You know, as a mom of two now, I, it's more about like, it's a team effort and motivating, hopefully team USA, you know, they got the silver medal and I I really think they can be one step higher. And I want to not only motivate those around me, but also team USA. And that's something that I think is really exciting. I've, you know, I'd love, I actually love gravel riding, um, my bike, but for me, the Olympics is what is really exciting for me. And, you know, when I was running, yeah, I touched on this before, but like it really broke my heart. I felt like the last race I did, um, before getting pregnant was a half marathon and it just went so bad. Like, like something like a time I should have been able to run over and over again in training is what I did on Mm -hmm. race day. And I just felt really defeated. And I, you know, I'm not saying that my, you know, my run career wasn't horrible. Um, but it definitely wasn't as good as I hoped it would be. Yeah. Do you think your body is like kind of more in flow as a triathlete, like running less volume maybe when you're a triathlete, but still getting so much fitness from the swim and the bike. And ultimately you were maybe running faster when you were racing triathlon, right? Yeah. I think a lot of it is that like I was doing so much training in triathlon and maybe my body couldn't in running. Um, I got injured quite a few times, you know, my Achilles were always flaring up and as well, I think the the marathon mentality was hard for me to engage in. And yeah. in ITU triathlon, it's very like on off on off. You're always thinking about something. There's these quick bursts, and a marathon like long course triathlon is very different. And I think I never was able to master that. And I don't. It's not that I don't think I never could, um, but I I just I struggled with that. Yeah, it's not as exciting. It's like Iron Man, right? <laughs> you just have to like grind up for hours and hours. Yep. <laughs> There's been a lot of talk about like team relay focus and things like that. Um, This is going to kind of test you a little bit. Do you think that you could also be competitive at the individual level still? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't do this if I didn't think I could be competitive. Um, But there's a lot of unknowns and just, you know, I'm, I'm scared to be honest. Like this is a scary thing. Like I have no idea. I haven't done triathlon for how many years. Like you said, Paula, the sport has changed. Like in IT triathlon, especially, I think it just changes really often. And, um, the reality is to do the relay, I'm going to have to be good in the individual team. USA is, I would say better than they've ever, ever been. Like they have really like their top five are really, um, you know, they're up there. Like the top five are like top 20 in the world. So, it's going to be really challenging. It's going to be really hard. And, um, for me, I'm just going to focus on performance. Performance is going to talk and, um, it's going to shake out how it shakes out. Have you talked to Katie at all? She's obviously also recently had a baby. Is she thinking of coming back to ITU? Like, have you talked to the other members of potential qualifiers for the Olympics, Taylor Spivey? Do they know? Are they excited? Are they in support or have you just not really told anyone? So 
the people in Boulder know, um, and people yeah. have told me that everyone in the triathlon world knows. I, yeah. <laughs> had, to, um, I had to get my, well, I applied for an elite an exemption, an exemption for an elite license so that it wouldn't have to race non-elite races. Um, and there was a bit, there was a committee of like six people. And I think those six people kind of told other people. And I think that's how it snowballed. But anyway, the people in Boulder all know. So like Taylor, um, Taylor Nib knows Morgan Pearson. Mm -hmm. I've talked to both of them. I did a little bit of, um, I don't know if you call it training, but I did some swimming with them, went for like bike ride with Morgan. So, um, they both know, and they are in huge support, which is really exciting. Katie, I have not told Taylor Spivey. I have not told, um, <laughs> you know, there's like all the other there's I could name like the other five, but I haven't yeah. told them. Um, but I have talked to Katie in her comeback and she is planning on coming back. And she's someone who I think is, very capable. Um, especially mm -hmm. if you see, um, you know, how she came back after the passing of her father. Um, she's just really tough. And I think she's somebody who's always going to be in the mix. Um, but yeah, you know, I've talked to her a little bit about what are you going to do with your kid? Like what, how right. are you going to travel? How are you going to make it work? Cause that is something as a mom, I think that's, that's really difficult. And I've in the past had a lot of mom guilt, especially with Stanley. I felt like we could ask for no help. So we had like no babysitters, no nannies, no daycare, no nothing. And, and this time around, we're actually getting an au pair who's starting in January. And I'm super excited. Her name's Lulu. She seems super nice. She already seems like she's part of the family, but I'm trying to let my mom guilt go to the side and know that I will be and am a better mother when I'm able to, to do things for myself too. Totally. Like we saw Chelsea win Kona and so many moms yes. have come back even better athletes than they were before. So it's, it's really, really exciting. Um, Pat is classically known as the world's best Sherpa. He did a lot for you when you were <laughs> racing and, you know, the cooking, the travel, a lot of the logistics behind the scenes. And I have Eric, but Eric also races. So it's a little bit less like we're, we're doing a lot for ourselves, but how does that look now that Pat is busier? Like there's no secret yeah. that he's has a full job. Now he's working yep. as a, a manager for a lot of people and, obviously he won't have as much time as he used to. So how will that look? Do you think that will be a First challenge all, he or does, he, he does not like the word Sherpa. So we're going to say he's that oh, sorry. The, world, <laughs> the world best helper or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, but, that was not, that was not an insult. I know Pat. Okay. Maybe supporter. I don't know where yes, everyone's I know. jealous. I don't, I don't think yeah, everyone's either, but jealous. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. He has a full-time job. Um, and as well, we have two kids, so we're just more busy. Yeah. And I think he still cooks dinner every day, but I'm on my own for breakfast and lunch. So it's a lot more of me meal prepping when I have time for breakfast mm -hmm. and lunch so that I come home and I'm not just eating snacks and, and junk food, but I actually have healthy things to recover. And you know, we're also hoping, hoping with the help of, of Lulu, we'll be able to hopefully Pat can come on some rides with me still. That's something I really want. That's I'm really into quality time. And I think that's, um, something that I can get if Pat and I are riding together It not only will hopefully help my performance, but also give me that quality time that I need to, to be happy in life. So yeah, it, it's, it's going to be a challenge, but, and it will be different than what it's been in the past, you know, even, you know, bike, Pat used to do all my bike stuff and now we're outsourcing that. So we have Gav, the mechanic here in town who does all my bike stuff because, um, you know, Pat's time would be used better elsewhere. So it's yeah. just, I think outsourcing some things like that, um, it has been really beneficial. There's people like Alan Lim drops off meals every once in a yeah. while to help us out. So 
we're really fortunate that we have such a big team of people that are, that are willing to help. Totally. Yeah. And I think, do you think your mindset has changed from the 2016 Gwen to the now Gwen with two kids? Are you a little bit more relaxed and flexible with your training? And obviously life happens and maybe Stanley's sick one day and you can't get your ride in. Is that like a mentality that you're more open to and welcoming now? And I I honestly think it's a good thing if if you can kind of have that mental flexibility, but it's obviously very different than the 2016 Gwen that was just focused on one goal, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, there's, there's two mentalities that I think really helped me. And and one I think is just, I'm more confident in who I am and I don't care what other people think, you know, for instance, yeah. like today I went out for a ride and didn't have a matching kit on. And like, you know, like, <laughs> like that I think other people might like call me out on. I just, I'm like, I don't care. Like I'm dressed, I'm going for a ride. Like we're doing this. And then as well, like yeah. you said, like, training wise, we know that we can't train at a 10 out a 10 out of 10 because George might not sleep well or Stanley might get sick. And that will quickly push me over to an 11 out of 10 and I'll get injured. And so like we have yeah. to focus on being, you know, eight out of 10 every day and just getting that consistency in and know that there are going to be a lot of hiccups throughout it all. Um, and, and just go with the flow. And I think just being a parent as well, you, you become, not as selfish, like as an athlete, you're super selfish. And I've always been really, really selfish and having kids, you can't be, um, you have to think of them first. And I think that just gives me a better perspective and, and hopefully makes me a better person throughout this process as well. Totally. Yeah. I agree with you. And it's, it's, it's cool to watch that from the outside. I don't have experience with that. I don't have a kid yet, but, um, I could appreciate that. And just having like another focus where you come home from training and that's, it's done for the day. You're on to the next, the kids you know, don't what's care important in life. Exactly. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. If you have a good workout or a bad workout, it doesn't matter. They're yes, happy to exactly. see you and need you for, you know, yeah. Other you things. could I mean, <laughs> stress about workouts and how they go. It's only going to, it's going to put more stress on your body and you're not going to perform well long-term. And so, yeah, having that perspective to come home to is, is something that is um, really key. Yeah. How does your body feel after having George? Is it, do you feel like you're kind of back up and running or like, I guess the big question here is what's your first race going to (laughs) be? Yes. I'm, we, there's two races that we're debating between. And honestly, they're, I look at them on the calendar and I'm like, this is way too soon. This is way too soon. Cause I am still doing run walks. I'm not doing my first continuous run until like January. And I'm going to have to race in like March. And so for me, it's like, oh my goodness, this is just, it's hard. And like, right now I'm not doing any serious training as well. It's just really, we have no help, um, until January. And so I'm, I'm only doing easing my body back into it, but my pelvic floor feels great. Um, delivery, delivery, um, and labor with George was great. So, um, that's going well, but the protocol right now, they actually say you're supposed to wait 12 weeks to do any like super intense training. So we're just taking it very easy. I've been cleared by my OBGYN and by my midwife and my pelvic floor, uh, PT that I can run and do things, but we are just taking it super slow. Um, just, we don't want anything like a prolapse or anything that would set me back really far and and make this impossible. But the reality is I have to race soon. Um, you know, there's a test event in August of 2023 and working backwards from there, like just to get on that start line is going to be a, a big challenge. Yeah. 
do you which, sorry which two races is, which two races yeah <laughs> are you on? are they are they continental cups like do you have to go through that whole totem pole again where you start with continental cups and then you podium and then they'll let you go in a world cup and then you can get it to a wts is that the ladder you have to climb or are they Basically, performance will will talk, um, and okay. uh, th- there are ways to yeah get on races. But yeah, it'll you know we're looking at a continental cup to start, and um, or there's also a um, like a Zwift. I think it's a it's a combo Zwift Super League race. Yeah, in the indoor stuff, Montreal, the indoor stuff in Montreal. So yeah, yes. So either that or um, a Continental Cup. So, you know, in the Continental Cup, we're looking at also has a mixed team relay. So we're kind of looking at something that could give me more than one race. So like the, I don't know what you call the Zwift Super League race. I don't know which one it is. It's both. Yes, this time. Yeah. So it's the Super League Arena Games, but it's partnered with World Triathlon. So I believe there might be World Triathlon points. Yeah, that. there are. I yeah, I think there are other points. Um, and it's sponsored by Jordan. Zwift. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's you should do it. I think. I think another Canadian mm-hmm. male triathlete might be doing that race as well, Paul. You should see if you. Well, can. I actually, yeah. I actually got invited. You should do it. <laughs> oh, really? That'd be so fun. But it's I just like, don't think I have like, that speed. It's what? Yeah. Well, I'm gonna put this up. Sorry, because I'm gonna feed George. Oh. It's okay. <laughs> no worries. Sure. Oh, no. Now I'm going to get baby fever. I already have it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't see him because I'm feeding. But but yeah, so like we were, we're looking at a race where I can get more than one race in. So like that race would be three races in one or, you know, I could do two races at the Connie Cup. Um, so, yeah, that's what we're looking at. But I think it's a good approach. Like race experience. Race. Yeah. Having yeah. having races under your belt, you'll I think it'll come back quicker than, than you might think. Just your body remembers, right? Transitions, Maybe. bike to run, you know, you're good at it. Um, well, I'm really excited about this. I think it's super exciting to watch from afar. Selfishly, I don't think you should try a PTO race this year. <laughs> I think you'd be really, really good at it. But I think that's also a cool avenue that actually isn't as boring as you'd think on the bike. There's a lot of dynamics there's uh, you know, the pack dynamic comes into it a little bit, although it's non-draft. So maybe something yes. for a post Olympics, but um, yeah, we're all I mean, happy to see that one. races that were draft yeah. non-draft and they were okay. They weren't horrible, yeah. but yeah, you know, it's different. It's totally different. And don't focus. You got, you kind of have to choose your pathway for, you know, full focus on Paris, but it'd be fun to have you on the long course side eventually, if you're <laughs> at all interested later. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah. sweet. I think I think we've hit pretty much everything. Yeah, Kyle. I'm sorry. Yeah. I kind of took over and asked every. No, question. you were asking great questions. <laughs> Basically, like we t- we send each other the questions, and then some of them like overlapped and stuff. So that was like perfect. Yeah, and you well, obviously have yeah, way more amazing. experience with like racing and things like that than I do. So, um, I well, there were questions I was. I'm all genuinely curious. Genuinely curious about so. Um, maybe we could do a follow-up as things progress and as you're getting back into training oh, in January. I, oh, I really, you know, I want, can I say one more thing to close? No. Oh, totally. Um, my, my mom, my sister and I wrote a book for like middle grade, um, girls and I would love to do a giveaway with it. Could we do, and you know what, Kyle, we actually have one sitting on, uh, I gave one to Pat to send you like a month ago and he hasn't sent it to you, but could, could we do a giveaway somehow, Kyle? Yeah, yeah I can do a giveaway. I'll figure out a way to do a giveaway and then we can give it away for Christmas for someone. Oh, that's a good idea. Perfect. I love it. I, I want to see yeah. it. Is it like a, well, what kind of book? It's, um, 
Let me get it. Hold on. It's hard. No, don't worry. George. <laughs> it's don't worry. Um, it's okay. <laughs> oh, here it is. Oh boy. Sorry, guys. Hopefully you don't have to. Hopefully you don't have to edit all this, Kyle. But no. <laughs> Kyle doesn't edit. I don't edit. Oh, I love so, it. This, this is the book, That's and yeah, it's just it's um it's an autobiography basically, but it has like okay. some of my like journal entries in it from journaling. And then it just kind of talks about, there's two storylines. It's like the seven days, it goes between like the seven days leading up to the Olympics. So like seven days before the Olympics, six, six days, mm -hmm. five, four, and then uh, ends with the Olympics and then overlaid it. Um, every other chapter is like my upbringing. So like fourth grade, sixth grade, yeah. like kind of important moments in my um, life growing up. And yeah, yeah it was, uh, it was, one of the big reasons we wrote this was there wasn't a lot of strong female autobiographies for young adults out there. And yeah. so, yeah. Can you buy yeah. it? Like, could I buy it and read it? Buy it on, or, yeah. Amazon. Okay, cool. Called Gwen Jordanson, USA's first Olympic gold medal triathlete. But yeah, you can just get it on Amazon or any bookstore. So, wow. Thanks for that's cool. a plug. Yeah, that's perfect. That's <laughs> I great. want to read it. That sounds awesome. Um, I do have one last question before we wrap it up. So do obviously it. you're going to go and chase Olympic poison, things like that. Is the whole village going to come with you? The au pair, Stan, Pat, George, the this whole This is gambit. something we're still working on and it would depend on how long I'm gone for. So, you know, like if it's, uh, um, you know, let's say we go to like Claremont, which isn't happening this year, but, um, you know, let's say we're going to Claremont and I was going, well, that would be a close race. So I probably would take everyone, but like, if I'm going for like a super short amount of time, I probably wouldn't take everyone. If I'm going for a little bit longer, everyone would come with, um, but you know, right now breastfeeding George, I'll, he'll probably have to come with, um, so yeah, we're still working on that, man. I feel like I'm not put together, but this is all things we're working on and, and thinking through. And I think it's going to take practice and, you know, I'll go to a race and either take everyone or not and think, huh, I think this would be better if I did X, Y, Z. And yeah, it'll be a learning experience. Yeah. I think you should talk to like, well, you, maybe you do already Tim and Rennie, two kids, they kind of yes. went through the same yes, thing, bring exactly. kids to some races and Chelsea had Sky in Kona, but I think she yep. also did some camps just solo and focused on her. So there's yep. a bunch of ways to do it. And I'm I'm sure you'll find it quick. And you have a good team. Other moms. Yeah. I'm always interested in what other moms are doing because it makes me, I think, feel better. Cause like I said, I do have a lot of mom guilt. So I just yeah. But there are parents that, you know, work, they leave at six AM and they don't get hit to home till seven PM. So I'm like, Yeah. All right, I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. Compared to most moms, you're around a lot. So no mom. Yes, exactly. <laughs> wow. Awesome. Well, I think we can close this out. That was a great episode, everyone. Um, this is going to be exciting uh, to watch, not only from a USA fan, but um, also from just like a world triathlon fan in general, just watching someone that's won a gold medal, come back to the sport. And um, I think we're all kind of on the edge of our seat. It's going to be, as exciting as the Olympic selections that were made last year for Tokyo. So, um, yeah. Oof, I think yeah. we'll, we'll kind of be on the edge of our seat. So yeah. Like look, looking at these pictures behind you, Gwen, of you winning, it's just bringing back the memories and you have so many fans that have just been fans all along and I can't wait to watch, uh, watch this all unfold. So Kyle, thanks oh, for inviting thanks. me I as a, as a speaker or a question asker. <laughs> a host, yeah. a co-host co-host you guys have made this super easy i'm just gonna say all the pictures behind me um i don't let pat hang any 
of my stuff in the house except for his office and he's just gone insane hanging like everything in this <laughs> office because it's the one way one place we can do like memorabilia so anyway well i love yeah. it thank you guys it's, it's fun it's fun because he'll like come on the podcast the first episode there was like maybe one picture and then it's just like grown every episode is like grown by a couple <laughs> pictures all year so yep. now it's a yep. wall of gwen yeah. when it yeah yep, it is it's a shrine oh. amazing well, all right. Thank you so much, Gwen, for coming on and best of luck with this comeback. I know it's going to be, uh, it's going to be exciting and it's going to be quick. So. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys. Thanks, Gwen. Thanks. See ya. Bye. Bye.